Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. In Luke 18, Luke 18, reading from verse number 1, the Bible tells us, Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not to lose hearts, saying, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard men. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard men, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, And shall God not avenge his own elects, who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? From this passage of scripture, we see the first thing is the expectation of the Almighty God for us regarding prayer. Our Lord expects his people to pray without ceasing. Number two, we see the unrighteous judge who ignores the petition of this particular widow. The widow continually came, but this judge just did not fear God and had no respect for this woman and therefore just ignored whatever petition that the woman had presented unto him. Number three, we see the very persistent widow who refused to give up on her demand for justice. She just insisted on continuously coming to the judge even when the judge did not want to pay attention to her. Number four, we see the power and the result of persistence The power and the result of a determined effort that says, I will not give up. In other words, we see the result of the woman as she continued to come, as she continued to make her demand known to this particular unjust judge. We see the result. There is a power that is associated with persistence. And then finally, we see the assurance of God's vengeance for the persistent believer who cry out to the Lord day and night. The Bible tells us in verse number 7, it says, Shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? In other words, the Lord Almighty, the assurance of scripture is that the Lord will avenge his people as long as they do what they call upon his name. In other words, our Lord is saying, although men will refuse to fight for us, although men may refuse or deny us justice, our Lord is saying that God will always avenge his elect. God will always avenge his own people. And having said that, I want you to go back and notice what the Lord Jesus Christ said in verse number 7 and verse number 8. In verse number 7, the Bible tells us there, is it, And shall God not avenge his own elect, who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? And I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. 
He will avenge them speedily. In other words, our Lord is saying, though the vengeance of the Almighty God is sure, although the Almighty God will certainly fight for his own people, avenge his own people, our Lord is saying that there is a condition before we can experience the vengeance of the Almighty God on our behalf. There is a condition. The Lord is saying for God to avenge his people, number one thing that you will notice is that the people of God must desire justice. The people of God must be able to desire it and say, Oh Lord, I want you to do something for me. Look at what the widow did in verse number 3. The Bible says now there was a widow in the city and she came to him saying, Get justice for me. There was a desire at the back of the mind of this woman. The judge was not looking around and saying, okay, who do I avenge for today? Who has been wrong? Who has been cheated? Who has the enemy been stealing and killing? The judge did not go out to say, I'm going to find out that. The woman was the one that had a desire. She felt she has been cheated. She felt she has been robbed. She felt that the enemy has been stealing from her. And so she decided, hey, we have to do something. Number two, for God to avenge his people, apart from the desire for justice, there has to be a demand for it. It is one thing for you to desire something. It's another thing for you to demand for it. There has to be a demand for justice by the people of God. He said, she came to him saying, get justice for me. That is a statement of demand. I want you to do something. I want you to do something specific. I want justice for the wrong that have been committed against me. Number three, our Lord is saying, for God to avenge his own people, there must be a determined effort on the part of the people of God to seek justice. It is not something that you do half-heartedly. The Lord is saying that if you want God to fight for you, it's not something you come and say, well, God, I know you say you are going to fight for us. Maybe when you have a minute or two, I want you to deal with this individual. If you are doing that, justice will never happen. The Lord is saying that it has to be a determined effort. The Bible tells us, it says, Thou God not avenge his own elect. Who do what? Who cry unto him day and night. In other words, there is a determination. They kept on coming. They kept on coming. It's not something that was done once and they went away. It's not something that was done half-heartedly. It's not something that was done without any kind of a zeal, any kind of passion. There was a determined effort to seek justice. And then finally, number four, our God is saying that justice, the Lord Almighty avenges people when they are dedicated to praying to God for justice. Look at what the Bible says in that verse number seven. It says, shall God not avenge his own elect who cry unto him day and night? That is the statement of prayer. That is a statement of persistence in prayer. A dedication to say, Lord, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So our Lord is saying, it is the desire, the demand, the determination, and the dedication of God's people to seek justice that moves the hand of God to fight on their behalf. The dedication of the people of God, the desires of the people of God, the demand for justice, and their determination. That is what moves the hand of God to fight on their behalf. That is what moves the hand of God to avenge his people. And you see that example in the book of Exodus chapter 2. In Exodus chapter 2, reading from verse number 23, the Bible tells us, Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of bondage. And they cried out. And their cry came up to God because of their bondage. In other words, at one point in time, they got tired. They were tired of the challenges that they were facing. Tired of the conditions that they were living under. And they began to pray. And they began to desire freedom. 
and they began to seek the face of the Almighty God. The Bible says, so God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. In other words, because they started doing something, God was moved to action. God was now beginning to step into their situation because they cried out, because they prayed, because they desired freedom, because they demanded it, because they were dedicated to calling upon the name of the Lord continually. So God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. So God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them when they desired freedom, when they demanded for freedom, when they were determined to seek their freedom. And when they dedicated themselves to calling upon the name of the Lord Almighty. So you see this passage of scripture suggests to us. That until Israel desired freedom through the persistent prayer. Their captivity remained. Which means unless you desire a change. The condition under which we live will remain the same. There has to be a desire. Bible makes us understand that as long as Israel was satisfied in their condition, their captivity continued. You will notice that until Israel demanded freedom on the altar of prayer, the enemy continued to maintain his hold and increase his activity in their lives. You read the book of Exodus, you will notice that before Israel started praying persistently in the presence of the Almighty God, the new Pharaoh kept on adding burden unto burden, kept on adding captivity upon captivity, because the people will not pray. And the same thing happened in the life of a believer even this very day. As long as we are satisfied in our condition, the enemy has a free reign. As long as we are not willing to do anything about it, captivity will continue. As long as we decide not to go to the Almighty God to demand and to dedicate ourselves on the prayer altar to get the result that we want, you will find that the enemy's hold will move on. Israel continued to remain in captivity until Israel determined to be free from the bondage of Egypt. On the altar of prayer, the prophetic declaration, the promise of the Almighty God for them was an illusion. It doesn't matter what the Almighty God says about you. It doesn't matter the kind of promises that you've received. It doesn't matter the laying on of hand or the declaration of the word of God. It doesn't matter how much anointing has been poured over your life. If you are not determined to seek the face of the Almighty God for the fulfillment of those promises, those things might become elusive. And that is what you see Israel experiencing. Israel could not move forward because Israel was comfortable at one point in time. But when they started to get agitated and they start demanding for freedom, the Bible makes us to understand that the freedom came their way. You remember what happened to Esau? The Bible tells us that Esau, when he missed his blessing to his brother, he went back to his father and his father made a statement unto him. His father said that you will break the yoke from your neck when you have been empowered. And the only way you can break the yoke, the only way you can be empowered is on the altar of prayer. So you see, my brothers and sisters, God's vengeance on our behalf will not come until we desire, until we demand, and we dedicate ourselves to seeking God's justice through persistent prayer. That is the only way God can begin to act on our behalf. That is the only way changes can begin to come. And the question is, what do we mean when we talk about persistent prayer? When we refer to persistent prayer, what are we talking about? We're talking about persistent prayer is the prayer that says, Lord, I will not give up until I see my results. 
Persistent prayer is the prayer that says, Lord, until the answer comes, there is no stopping for me. I will continue to seek your faith. I will continue to hound. I will continue to knock on the gates of heaven until answer comes. Persistent prayer means it's a prayer that holds God accountable to his word. That said, this is what you have said concerning me. These are your promises concerning me. These are the things that you have done in the past. And I know that you are not a God that you will lie. Or the son of man that you will repent. Whatever you have done in the past you are able to do today. It is a prayer that holds God accountable. To say God do what you promised to do. Now why must you as an individual persist in prayer? Is it that God is hard of hearing? That you have to knock on his door, knock on his door, knock on his door. Before he can hear you. Is it because God just likes to keep a mess with his people, keep them waiting before he answers them? Why must you persist in prayer? Why must I persist in prayer? Why must the church persist in prayer? My brothers and sisters, we persist in prayer because the only language the enemy understands is vengeance. Violence is the only language that the enemy understands. The Bible says that from the days of John the Baptist up till now, the kingdom of God suffered violent and only the violent take it by force. You cannot get what you want by just being a gentleman. You cannot get what you want by just being nice. The enemy does not know how to play nice. The enemy does not care whether you are nice or whether you are polite. The only language the enemy understands is the language of violence. That is why you persist in prayer. Number two, we persist in prayer because the enemy will not give up without a fight. The enemy will not give up any territory without a fight. The enemy will not let go of what belongs to you unless you demand and you fight for it. Unless you exert your authority. Unless you begin to lay claim. The Bible says that no man enters into a strong man's house and spoils his good. Except he first bind the strong man. Then he can spoil his house. In other words, you cannot take what the enemy has stolen. By just probably calling a committee and having a roundtable conference. And say, well, you know what you did. We are not supposed to take that thing. And according to the rules of engagement, you're supposed to release this thing onto me. The enemy says, that's so. Okay, let's talk about this next week. And then you come back next week. And then you have the conversation again. Ah, why don't we talk about that? I'm very busy right now. Maybe we'll talk about it too in two months time. And it keeps doing that. And it keeps doing that. And that is why you find that many people remain in the same condition. Because we're not ready to engage. But the Bible says that the only way you can take what has been stolen from you. You say no man can enter into a strong man's house. The enemy is a strong man. You cannot enter into his property and take what he has stolen from you. Except you first bind the strong man. Then you can now take what belongs to you. And that is why you pray persistently. That is why you fight continuously. To be able to bind a strong man and then begin to take what he has stolen from you. Number three, why do we persist in prayer of vengeance? We persist because the situation will remain unchanged unless you are willing to fight. Unless you are willing to engage. Unless you are willing to say, Lord, enough is enough. The enemy can no longer continue to take what belongs to me. Unless we are willing to fight, the situation remains the same. And it will even be better if it remains the same. The situation actually gets worse if you don't do anything about it. If you are not willing to fight, if you are not willing to challenge, if you are not willing to resist the enemy, the enemy will continue to have his way. The Bible says, submit yourself unto God. Resist the devil, and then he will do what? He will flee from you. But if you choose not to resist, what happened? The enemy built the headquarters there. The enemy continued to expand this territory. The enemy will begin to bring other people in. Remember what the Bible says that when you clean up a house and you don't guard it 
and you don't secure it. He said, it's evil spirit that goes out, we go around and look and come and pee. Okay, this place is free. And then it will bring in other cousins and brothers, close nephews and all the other distant relatives. And the Bible said that the latter end of that individual will be worse than its very beginning. The situation of our lives will remain the same unless we are willing to prevail and to persist on the altar of prayer. And finally, we persist in prayer for vengeance because without a fight, God's promises for us will be an illusion. There are several promises that God has given unto his people. Several things that the Lord has spoken concerning you, concerning me, concerning the church of God. But some of them are still elusive. Some of them are not saved. Why is this so? The Bible tells us in Obadiah 117, it says, But upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance. In other words, the enemy's hands has to be broken first. Then there will be holiness. You now align yourself with the Almighty God. Then you cannot begin to possess your possession. But you cannot align yourself and possess your possession until you first of all break the hand of the enemy. That is why you fight. That is why you continue to engage the enemy. That is why you will make sure that the enemy does not have a final say over your life. Now, why does persistence in prayer move the hand of God? Why can't just God just make life simple for everybody and just fight for his people? Why do we have to spend hours and hours in prayer? Sometimes it's like God is having fun with his people. It's not like the Greek gods, who when they are born in their celestial world, just look at men and start playing them like a chess game. That's what it feels like sometimes. But the question is, why does persistence in prayer move the hand of God to avenge his people. Why? God responds to persistent prayer and avenge his people because number one, when you are persistent in prayer, what you are telling the Almighty God is you are, you are acknowledging him that you are limited in your own ability. That in your own strength, in your own wisdom, with your own connection, with your own calculation, you can't get the results. He said, attend unto me, for I am brought low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. In other words, there are certain things I cannot do on my own. I don't have the ability. This guy has over 6,000 years of experience. I'm just probably 100 years old. What is 100 to 6,000 years of experience? This guy is experienced. He knows the book. He has been there from the very beginning. He has actually fought the Almighty God. And was even successful in taking a turn of the angels in heaven. So this guy is well experienced. Lord, I can't fight him. That's basically what persistent prayer is telling the Almighty God. I can't do this thing. Yeah, I wish I could, but I can't. Because the guy that I'm fighting is a very strong enemy. I know Christ has won it. That's why I'm asking Christ to come into my aid and fight for me. That is why God responds to persistent prayer. Because it tells God, I'm dependent upon you. Number two, it tells God, number one, that I'm limited. Number two, it tells God that God is the source of my dependence. I'm trusting in you, O God. I'm not trusting in my own ability. I'm trusting in you, O God. I'm not trusting in my own strength. I'm trusting in the resource of heaven because I know that you are the one, O God, who can help me. The Bible tells us that the Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. He's saying, God, you are the one who can deliver me. That is why I pray persistently. Number three, God responds to persistence in prayer because persistence in prayer reveals our trust in him as our source of help. You remember what happened in the days when Elisha was walking? When there was famine in Samaria? Somebody came to the king and said, King, oh king, help me. And the king said, oh boy, if God does not help you, who am I to help you? Where am I going to help you from? 
I'm killing even my horses. I'm using them to feed myself. And you are telling me to help you. How am I going to help you? Basically, when you pray persistently, when you hold on to the horns of the altar and you say, Lord Almighty, attend unto my prayer. You are telling the Almighty God that you are my only source. I don't have any other trust. I don't have any other recourse. I don't have any other place that I can go to. You are the one, oh God. That's why the psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from where comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. In other words, without you, I am finished. Without you, the enemy will have my lunch and it will slap me around. And then number four, God responds to our persistence in prayer because it challenges the faithfulness of the Almighty God. It challenges the faithfulness of the Almighty God. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsake not his sins. They are preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. In other words, the Lord God Almighty is faithful to his promises. That's why he responds to persistent prayer. Basically, you are telling the Lord, Lord, remember what you said. This is what you said you are going to do for those who trust in you. You said those who call upon your name shall not be put to shame. You said that those who call upon your name, you will always hear and you will answer. And you will show them great and mighty things that they do not know. Oh Lord, why is my situation like this? When you challenge the faithfulness of the Almighty God, you have done it in the past. Why not do it today? Why is my situation like this? When you go back to him, it challenges the faithfulness of the Almighty God. But most importantly, God responds to persistent prayer because it commits God into action. It commits God into action. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. And now it's not the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and shall he not do it? And has he spoken shall he not make it good? In other words, it commits God into action. Because you're taking God back to his word and you're saying, God, this is what you said. Now prove it. And the Bible tells us that he holds his word much, much higher than his name. His word is very, very important because his word can never be broken. See, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never go without being fulfilled. That's why he responds to persistent prayer. The question is, how does this particular persistent prayer, how does it work? How does persistent prayer move the hand of God? Look at Matthew chapter 15. Reading from verse number 21, the Bible said, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the sea of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, True, Lord, yet the dog eat of the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus looked at that response and said, This is excellent. These are the kind of people I'm looking for. Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you, even as you will. And her daughter was made whole. From that very hour. The question is, how does persistent prayer move the hand of God? How does he do it? Persistent prayer moves the hand of God to avenge his people because it is a prayer that comes from a place of desperation. It's a prayer that comes from the innermost desires of the people of God. It is a prayer that says, I am willing to do whatever. I'm willing to go wherever. I'm willing to endure whatever it takes to see the answers to my prayers. Bible says that this woman came out of the same coast and cried unto him. It's a cry of desperation. A cry that says, Lord, this particular need has to be met. 
a cry that says enough is enough. That is why persistent prayer moves the hand of God because it comes from a place of desperation. You pray the prayer and you say, Lord, something has got to happen in my life. Something has to change. I cannot continue like this. Except you help me, I'm going to remain in the same condition. Number two, persistent prayer moves the hand of God because it refuses to be discouraged. It refuses to be insulted. It refuses to be prideful. It refuses to give up in the face of obstacles. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 23. The Bible says, and he answered her not a word. In other words, you are telling somebody, oh Lord, I need your help, and he just ignores you. Do you know how annoying it is for you to be ignored? Especially when you are presenting something that is very, very dear to your heart. And this woman is saying, my daughter is sick. You call yourself the Savior. I'm asking you to help me. And you're just looking at me as if I'm next to nothing. But the woman overlooked it. Father, the Lord Jesus Christ ignored her. Then his disciples now besought him, saying, send her away. In other words, they see her as a nuisance. And this woman still refused to go away. She refused to look past the idea of being a nuisance. But he answered and said, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, my ministry is not to you. Can you imagine a pastor say to a member of the church, I'm not supposed to be ministering to you. That person, what are you talking about? Aren't you supposed to be a man of God? Aren't you supposed to be the Messiah? But this particular woman still refused to be discouraged. And then he went a step further. He said, you cannot give the bread of the children, you cannot give it to dogs. It's one thing to be insulted. It's one thing to be ignored. It's one thing to be considered a nuisance. It's one thing to be told you are not a recipient of the blessings of God. But now to be called a dog. That particular pastor, that ministry is finished in that town. Because they will publish his name all over social media. Number one, YouTube will cancel him. All those other people will say, oh, this is your year pastor. That is what would have happened to him. But this woman refused to be discouraged. She refused to be discouraged. The Bible makes us to understand that persistent prayer moved the hand of God to avenge his people because persistent prayer knows how to present his case before the Almighty God. Look at what the woman said. After being highly insulted by the Lord Jesus Christ, the woman said, yes, I agree. I am a dog. I don't deserve to eat on the table. But there are times when crumbs fall from the table and I'm entitled to what's on the floor. And Jesus said, wow, there can never be a better argument. That means ignoring you will not work. Calling you a nuisance will not work. Trying to tell you that you don't deserve my ministry does not work. Even insulting you does not work. Then you must get what you deserve. That is why God responds to persistent prayer. The person who prays persistent prayer know how to present their case before the Almighty God. Despite all the obstacles, despite all the challenges that the enemy will want to bring their way, they are able to move past those ones and say, Lord, hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. I know I do not qualify for what I'm asking for. I know that, Father, I brought some of these things upon myself. I know that I've engaged in certain things, O God, that opened the door for the enemy, but Lord, I'm asking for your mercy. That's basically what this woman is saying. I'm asking for your mercy. I'm not coming based on my righteousness. I'm not coming because I know how to pray. I'm not coming because I know how to do anything. I'm only pleading the mercy of the Almighty God. That is what persistent prayer does. And because it pleads effectively, God says yes. We need to give them what they want. And then finally, persistent prayer works. And move the hand of God because it rests on the foundation of faith.
It rests on the foundation of faith. This woman was convinced that Jesus can do this thing. This woman was persuaded that if Jesus will only respond, one word from Jesus will solve her problem. One word from Jesus will cast away the devil. One word from Jesus will bring the child back to where he's supposed to be. One word from the Lord Jesus Christ will retrieve all that the enemy has stolen. This woman was so convinced and her conviction was founded on faith. And that's why the Bible said that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And that tells you one thing. Without faith, you can't even get the attention of the Almighty God. Look at all the people that got the attention of the Lord Jesus Christ, whether it was here or not. They were all the people that exhibited a level of faith. The one thing you must understand is that God does not respond to your complaints. Because if he did respond to complain, a lot of people would have gotten their answers to prayer. God does not respond to your cries. Answers to prayer is not a function of how much cry that you cry. It's not a question of how much complaint. It's not a question of whatever petition. God only responds to the language of faith. He said, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whosoever will come to God must first of all believe that he is. And is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The only language God understands is the language of faith. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.